Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of your WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Last week, I noticed that the Canadian Football League, also known as the CFL, had postponed the start of its season until at least early July because of the COVID-19 pandemic. My mind automatically thought of former LaSalle and Ohio State standout wide receiver, Devere Posey. Uh, welcome in to the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. And uh, Devere, it's been great to uh, to see you. It's been quite a few years, but uh, great catching up with you today. Thank you for taking a few minutes. And uh, how are you and your family doing, uh, first of all, before we get started? I appreciate you having me on, Mike. It's uh, great to connect back with you. Uh, it's been, what, like 10 years? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. And, uh, but no, we're, we're doing okay. We're, we're trying to keep our sanity. We're working on, you know, things with our sons and trying to make sure they, they continue their learning and they're getting time outside while still practicing social distancing. But it's been a good time to, uh, I guess, kind of everyone around the world has been able to appreciate their family, their living space, um, things that they do for a living and kind of uh, things that really don't matter. Um, you get to enjoy the people who do matter, and we've been trying to do that as much as we can. Yeah, tell me a little bit before we get into football and what you and your brother are doing with your foundation, some great things here. And obviously, you've had an outstanding career uh, football-wise, but uh, just uh, what's it been like with your family? Um, just uh, what have you learned from this time? Um, and and yeah. just what, what are some of the lessons that uh, you take from all um, this? I think for, for my family, I mean, you know, my condition my whole life, battling uh, with immune deficiency um, and was kind of born with it. And, and my mom is, is battling one right now herself as of the past three years. So just the way we've always kind of been with our family, we've always been kind of nutritional based, um, healthy diets, just when it's flu season, when it's virus season, you know, for our whole life, we've always like loaded up on the vitamins and the things that we need. And I'm not saying that it's prevention, but just being conscious of the terrain that you're allowing uh, your body to operate under and you should give your body the, the best, the best fuel to function. And so we, we've always believed that in our household and, and that's where the, um, motivation for our foundation to reach back out and help people comes from is uh, our struggle with, with my personal health. It's affecting my whole family. Um, you know, the hospital bills and the stories we've had to endure in and out. Um, and then with my mom, it's affecting our whole family. So it's kind of sparking our motivation up again for our foundation. And, and we've been fairly active my whole career doing football camps, having seminars, health, you know, healthy eating seminars for children and their family also having fundraisers and doing miscellaneous things throughout the years. But this time more than ever has been a wake up call for myself and everyone on our foundation, my brother, my wife, my mom, and all of our board members, because we understand that uh, what, what we kind of set our side, our set our passions aside to do for this foundation are now more than everything, like the time is of the essence to be that presence in the community and to kind of show what we believe in and kind of share our knowledge with people who are kind of navigating this terrain for the first time and understanding immunity times of year and what's what's good for your body and what's not good for your body and, and how you can just, you know, I mean, nobody is uh, bulletproof from COVID, but at the end of the day, you know, Maintaining a healthy lifestyle and maintaining a healthy diet gives us the best chance for a better life, no matter what we're battling. And that's where we try to you know, hang our hat on. And that's where we try to motivate people and kind of 
bring to the community if we can. Always enjoyed covering you uh, going back to your high school days as we kind of remind each other to, uh, how old I feel now to, to, to see you succeed and how many years you've been playing football. But uh, you always had a great perspective on on life and, and, and being a, a student athlete at the time. Um, but let's get in a little bit more about your foundation before we talk about football. You and your brother, Julian, doing some outstanding things. Talk about that a little bit and uh, the impact that you're trying to make on the community um, just in general. We're allowed to do football camps, and that's that's our wheelhouse. That's where we're comfortable. That's that's where we have fun. Just you know, being at LaSalle, or you know, and just having the kids come out and just playing some ball, and, so, and throwing a nice caveat of hey, you know, eat healthy kind of thing in. And but now, COVID has allowed us to kind of shift our focus, and with you know, it coming down to like I don't know how many years I have left. You know, I'm appreciating every single moment, understanding that you have to prepare for life after football. And using our foundation and our passions as that net to give back and to use football as that soapbox to stand on for our passions is what we try to do. It's uh, people respect us for football, but we hope that our foundation can earn people's respects by just giving and showing our passions. And basically, we're, we're doing a few programs right now to where we're doing career building services, resume building services for people who might have lost their job due to COVID. Um, and we're also handing out $200 gift cards to the same people who get those services I mentioned for grocery shopping at Kroger's. Um, we partner with the Brick Foundation as B-R-I-C-C Foundation. Um, they're based around building healthy resumes for people and that kind of services. So we partner with them and brought that side for people who kind of lost their jobs and also the health and nutrition side. And we just just wanted to offer, you know, people who need help. They can reach out to us at our website, pocketfullofposies.org. Uh, reach out to me on social media at depo8 on Twitter, our deposy underscore on Instagram, our, our pfop at Instagram. Um, and just kind of just share your story. And, and we don't mind helping. I mean, everyone is going through struggling times right now, but um, we just want to make sure that in Cincinnati, Dayton, and Columbus, we're just offering those hands to the communities that, have made us and kind of shaped and shift our minds and how we look at the world. So we just want to give back a little bit there. I know you're in Michigan right now, but uh, you played in the CFL entering your fifth season now in Canada, but uh, soft spot in your heart for Ohio, uh, the Buckeye State for obvious reasons. Um, just uh, how important is that for you to, to make an impact? And you just mentioned those three, those three cities, especially. Yeah. Just, just being back home, man. I, I, uh, I love Ohio and I always love, you know, the lessons that I learned in that state. And I mean, I love other towns too, but you can't kind of run away from who you are and what you built. And, uh, and I take pride in, in being a LaSalle Hall of Famer. That was a huge accomplishment for me because it was a goal that I put out there. Like as a freshman, I would be walking through the, you know, the halls and I would see guys like Lee Heath or the Ostercamp brothers and they, they were on the wall. And I always said, like, you know, I want to end up on this wall. I want them to draw a picture of me and one day and just to have that picture and just to accomplish that goal. It, it meant everything to me. And, and I still have some more goals I want to accomplish. I, I hope, you know, since, you know, the Cincinnati track, you know, Hall of Fame comes calling or OSHA comes calling one day. You never know. But, uh, yeah, I, I would love to continue, you know, and that impact that I had in Ohio and just not forgetting my roots. So, that's how I feel about LaSalle and, and, and being in Ohio. It's, it's a little nostalgic, but hey, I would love my sons to grow up around it for sure. 
get into your football uh, career here a little bit. Uh, you signed a free agent deal with uh, Hamilton uh, this past February and uh, coming off a season where you had a career high 780 yards receiving, I think 15.6 yards per catch for you a year ago. And uh, uh, before I kind of get into you individually and, and all that sort of thing, the CFL recently announced uh, uh, that the season would not start uh, before the beginning of July. It was supposed to start June 11th because of COVID-19. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, just your reaction to that delay, all the professional sports leagues in North America, obviously dealing with the same sort of thing right now, but how are you managing the workout and, and uh, just kind of stay positive throughout all this? Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough because, you know, it's, I always thought training with no end goal was, was the hardest thing when you're training. Just did not know, like if you're a free agent or if you're trying to break through in the league, just not knowing when your shot is going to come. But you need to have something that drives you. You need to have something that gives you, gets you up and makes you stay on your grind and stay on your training program. And I think for me, it's just, I have goals that I want to achieve for my body. I have goals that I want to achieve for, you know, certain routes that I like to run. I might not, I mean, you, you mentioned 780 yards career high. Like I left 220 yards out there for, you know, to reach a thousand. So how can I get those 220 yards at, you know, approaching that mental aspect too is other preparations that I've been doing and, and that I've been ha having time to do because, you know, what else can I do right now? I've, I've gone through all my favorite shows and all the seasons. So let's study some football. So just keeping my mind sharp there and being able to just shape and shift to, and be, I guess, open to what's, what's to come. But I know, I mean, I'm not LeBron James, I'm not David, you know, Aaron Judge, or I'm not, you know, Messi waiting to play in the World Cup, or I'm sorry, waiting to play in the Olympics, but the whole sports world has been interrupted, and it's bigger than the CFL, and it's bigger than just sport. It's about health, it's about um, a global pandemic that everybody is facing, and I think I have to kind of put my personal goals on the back burner for the health and safety of my family, for the health and safety of my community. And as tough as it is, and, and if we, you know, if we get to go play, this season will be even more meaningful. Every play will mean so much more. Every practice will mean so much more. Every meeting would mean so much more because everyone would have their perspective. We almost didn't have the season. And if it doesn't go through, I hope that I'm motivated to come back in 2021 and everybody else is motivated to come back. And, and I think about me, I kind of just look at myself as like a speck of sand on the beach because I feel like more people like the seniors in Cincinnati who didn't get to play baseball or didn't get to run track this summer to earn that scholarship. I remember how important the spring was for me my senior year, going to prom, winning the state championship, gaining confidence going into Ohio State. And just to kind of have that piece of the process, the end of the process for a lot of people, just it's just no ending and it's just up in the air. I feel for those people more than I feel for, you know, a Miss Canadian season or, you know, a college kid who, who needed his senior year to get drafted, you know, and it's just that that stuff is what's kind of blowing my mind and just kind of processing that with COVID more than like my job and whatever. Like, I, I hope that doesn't sound crazy, but uh, it's just a lot bigger. It's like a bigger picture. You're definitely a big-time track standout at LaSalle. U.S. Army All-American, your senior season, graduated from LaSalle in 2008. I mean, what would be your message to a high school senior? I mean, you can, you can make that to a college senior as well, but just a, you know, a 
high school um, student athletes are just so heartbroken over this entire spring. I feel like if, if it's something you love, it, it will come to you. That would be my message. And I also feel like if it's something you have to go get, there's still a way to go get it. And I, unfortunately for these kids, like you have video cameras, you have Instagram profiles and Twitter profiles and Snapchats. You can create a highlight tape. I mean, I, I'm, one person comes to mind is Tua, T, you know, Tua, he did his, his tape and it, it, it showed well for him. He showed he was healthy. He showed he had to snap back with his uh, hip to throw the ball and ended up getting fifth, getting drafted fifth overall. I mean, for people who want that scholarship, who want that uh, look by a coach, coaches are recruiting virtually right now. They're not just at home sitting out. They still have quotas to meet. They still have kids to recruit. You can still get things off digitally. You can still meet people on Zoom calls like this. And I just encourage seniors and 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 juniors, if you're right there, you're close, and you need to get your film out or someone needs to see you work out or perform at a camp, practice social distancing, but make sure you have your camera available and show what you can do and market yourself in that way and reach out to these people digitally because there's still that opportunity. Great words of wisdom, obviously. I meant to ask you this. I don't know if I've asked you this in recent years, obviously, but uh, what's been the most rewarding part of your football career? What are you most proud of? Um, I, as, as of recently, I used to look at it as the, the worst part, but just the ability to be a journeyman. Um, I think I did the math. I've been on eight teams in eight years with 50 teammates. That's 500 new networks. That's 500 people. And you add coaches, that's probably 100 more coaches. That's 600 people with all of their families and their wives that I had to interact with. And I'm appreciative for every single 600, all 600 people that I've been able to interact with, all cities I've been able to live in. I've lived in Vancouver. Um, it's one of the most beautiful towns. I've trained in Florida, lived in Texas, played in Denver, played in New York, played in Baltimore, played in Toronto and Montreal, a city that doesn't even speak English as their main language. And I've drawn things and ideas about ways to live and came across people who's given me gems and along my journey that, that would change me for a lifetime and perspective and business ideas and friends that are doing things in industries that I never thought I would meet, uh, you know, my Canadian teammates and of course my NFL teammates. And, and I think that's the gift. That's, that's the thing I walk away with. Um, is the experience of it all and the ability to be able to do what I love and do it in so many different places in North America and meet so many great people. How did playing in Canada, or how does it, because it's, it's an active voice question for you, but um, how does playing in Canada really open up your eyes to, you know, you just mentioned it, make your worldview has, has probably changed, obviously, since leaving Columbus and, and leaving the NFL and all that sort of thing. Just kind of curious how, that, how that's altered your thinking. It happened the first two teammates I met when I joined the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, I had a locker next to a first-round Canadian draft pick and a fourth-round Canadian draft pick. They were using their rookie deals, the money from their rookie deals, to pay back their college tuition and their college scholarships. And guys that I played with in the NFL, I don't know if they ever really appreciate the scholarships that we earned because – you know, it's it's a sense of entitlement, you know, as an athlete that we kind of build and just to be around professional athletes who didn't have that same system of entitlement, professional athletes who are working hard to pay back bills. Um, I respected that. It shifted my perspective of why people play and why people love to play. Um, and then also, I would honestly say that just seeing the Canadian government work. I mean, my, my youngest son is Canadian. 
he has free healthcare for life. Um, he's, he's an amazing kid. And my other son has been able to interact and go to school in Montreal where he learned French, English, and Italian for a year. Um, he was able to grow socially in ways that I didn't even could imagine. And he was, had access to resources that I couldn't imagine. Um, Canada has made me more resourceful in that light. And, uh, where you're in the NFL, I had a financial advisor that was sending me money on allowances, or I had a tax person that was doing my taxes every year, or I had, you know, this caretaker, you know, when I get to the city or my agent doing things for me in Canada, all those things kind of are stopped. And, you know, I had to become my own financial advisor. I had to, you know, most, most tax CPAs don't do Canadian taxes and can offer that, you know, international tax credit. So I had to learn about that. Um, and then also just being my own agent and negotiating my own contracts to an extent to where uh, just because I have more resources than my agent, because he's, he does NFL stuff. So I might get information from a GM and uh, me and him might have to double team it. And so... Those things have, have helped me mature and I, and I attribute it to my experiences in Canada and the way that their league is set up and, and the way and from my experiences from the NFL. And it's just been a beautiful flowering process. And, and I appreciate Canada for the opportunity to, they said yes to me and they allowed me to play. And, and I had a lot of football in me where I couldn't even get a workout for the Bengals. You know, I was still training and, you know, NFL was kind of like done and, and Canada welcomed me and the media, the coaches, the teammates and, and I've just been happy that I've been able to get that football out of me you know like I, I, I couldn't imagine if, if the NFL said no and I just was like back home and but just being able to play and get it out has been a blessing. Some really good interesting insight there about the, the financial aspect and uh, obviously people remember your days at the Buckeyes and you know where I'm going to go with this question, probably, Devere, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of chatter about the NCAA and how it's uh, making a recommendation to its board of governors. Uh, it's got to be voted on in January, obviously. But uh, the possibility that college athletes could have their name, image, and likeness um, uh, available for you know, obviously, to make money off of, uh, just from an individual college athlete standpoint. What are your thoughts on that, and uh, just the timing of it, and, and just uh, your perspective being a, a former standout at Ohio State? Timing-wise, I'll be honest, open and candid, I'm mad I passed the statute of limitations. <laughs> but, uh, just jokingly, but uh, no, seriously, um, what we went through, it was literally a point where I know personally for me on my story, I did a project my sophomore year. I studied Ohio State. I said it was a 25-minute speech I had to give in my communications class. I studied communications probably just like you did. And I said, uh, I talked about why college athletes should be paid. And the research that I learned about how much the stadiums make, tailgates make, off of ticket sales, off of concessions, and then you add on top of that merchandise and licensing sales from Ohio State, and on top of that you add now social media plays and things like that and like money you can have digitally. And then when you look at it, you really feel like this could have happened a long time ago. And it's something that's been going on for a long time. And in my project and in my research, it kind of like wiped the mud away from my eyes and realized that your image and your likeness and claiming that and making money off of that, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing you have um, is your image and likeness. And, at, and when you're a college student, you're somewhat at the mercy. In the past, you were at the mercy of the university. Um, I think of certain kids who get in the doghouse of the coach. And in the NFL, 
you can be in a doghouse, but you're still gonna get your paycheck. In college, you can be in a doghouse and it can affect a kid. They can have PTSD from a coach telling them, you're not good enough to play here, or we're gonna take away your ability to learn because of your, your inability on the playing field. I don't think kids deserve that. I don't think kids should have to go through that. I think kids should be encouraged for who they are. I think kids should make money for people appreciating them as a kid playing for a university. And I also feel like there should be something for kids who can't make money off their image and likeness. Everybody is in Trevor Lawrence. Everybody is in Tua that plays for Clemson and Alabama. So what are the ways that they can make money? What are the ways that they can get appearances to somewhat supplement what Trevor Lawrence would make? Because, I mean, you're talking about first-round draft picks and kids who probably won't ever get, you know, an opportunity in the NFL. So seeing how the NCAA is going to shape and shift that program, I'm excited to see because I remember from my NCAA videos, I mean, my NCAA interviews and old videos I've watched about my case and with them and, and and going through it is my argument was, I sold what I sold because people wanted to buy it because of who I was. It was an image and likeliness situation. It was an image and likeliness from all aspects of what they, anything they want to say, we made money off our image and likeliness. And social media wasn't in the place that it was in. It was the old school, it was hand to hand kind of thing. And, you know, our signature for signature, but it's the same thing. And, and it's been guys like me, like the guys I were suspended with, I mean, I, I think it's someone who plays for the Bengals, A.J. Green. He missed four games of his junior year because he sold a jersey. And a lot of people forget that, but that was an image and likeliness deal, too. Um, and so just guys like us have paved the way for kids now. And um, I'm excited. And it's, it's balancing out. And uh, it's something that should have happened a long time ago. I mean, I know LeBron has mentioned the hypocrisy with the NCAA pretty yeah. pretty loudly and everything. I mean, is it just, is it just one of those things that naturally it had to evolve over time? You mentioned this is just an overdue concept. Yeah. I, and I, and that's the thing. It's, it's, we, we often say like, Oh, that thing wouldn't, have, like you watching a Jordan documentary, this wouldn't have happened if, if in a Twitter age, you know, like right. you think or the, the Rodman Vegas story, like a thousand <laughs> people would have known about that. Right. And so it's like, now with Twitter, now with these these kids having this power, I mean, you're Chase Young. You have almost close to a million followers, close to 500k followers as a senior in college. You you can move masses. You can you have more people following you than million dollar businesses. It's important that we honor that. It's important that we understand the power that these college kids have every Saturday, and it's important that the college kids understand what they're generating and doing for the university as well. Um, you're an athlete student, no matter what, no matter how you look at it, no matter how you shaped it, your schedule for school is shaped around what's paying for your scholarship, no matter what anyone says. Um, it's hard to be a first round draft pick and a doctor. It's hard. Um, I think the only two doctors that I know and can think of didn't go in the first two rounds. And that's Alex Duvernay that plays for the Chiefs. And that's Myron Roll. They didn't go in the first three rounds because to do something opposite than committing to the football life and the game and the studying and the aspects and the nuances of football. Um, it's somewhat distracting as a college coach might feel or somewhat distracting to what you're trying to do for a university. Um, and that's just purely trying to get your education. So to me, 
it is long overdue that kids should be paid because we're not getting the same education that a kid who wants to go to school and be a doctor, you know, he's going to like to get to be a doctor. It takes more than the average as a college kid. So yeah, you got to pass your, your prereqs, but you also might need to spend some Fridays and Saturday mornings in the library studying for stuff or studying for finals or studying other theories or studying other things or doing working um, internships in your field. In football, we can't even go and do a training camp, you know, our junior year for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, you're in, you're in a system. You're, 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 you're stuck. You have to follow the rules. But in college, if I wanted to be a doctor, I can go shadow a doctor for a summer. I can go learn about that. I can go and get hands-on at a, a volunteer type of place, you know. And, and I think we have to kind of shape our minds to that because football is a profession. It's something that we – it owns a day. It's Sunday. And people just think kids are going to school and they're good at football. No, they're going to school because they're good at football. It's not they're going to school and playing football because they're good. No, it's the opposite. They're in the school because they play football. And we're not going to talk about anything else because President Gee didn't come to my door and tell me to come to Ohio State. Jim Trussell did. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, uh, it's something that as fans and as general public, we kind of just need to take a step back and realize that these kids are making money for universities and these kids are working just as hard, if not harder than professional athletes while balancing a school. And, um, and I, I love Dennis Rodman's comment last week on the Jordan, just a to, to topic of conversation and I'll be done. It's, I don't get paid to play basketball. I, I love basketball. I get paid to handle the bullshit and excuse my French, but Sorry. even as a college kid, that's what your scholarship is for. That's what you have so many resources for is to handle everything else that comes with it. And as a professional football player, that's what I had to learn. I love to work out. I love to play football. Sundays are the easiest part of football. Everything else is hard. Balancing family, balancing practice, balancing community appearances, balancing agents and fees and things like that. And, and that's what you get paid for. And, I just want people in the general public to realize these college kids are balancing, if not more. You know, uh, I, I can't imagine what life like for Trevor Lawrence on campus. One last question for you, Devere. When am I going to see you in a uh, TV analyst role? Oh man, I, <laughs> I would love to. I, I uh, it's something I've struggled with uh, as far as just being able to sit in a chair and kind of not past judgment, but past my perspective on somebody's actions. And uh, I would love to do it from a neutral point of view and love to do it from a place where I appreciate the game and I appreciate people's hard work and, and would love to, if I can find a role where I'm not really analyzing people, but encouraging and showing insight to preparation and showing insight to motivation or and showing insight to people overcoming perseverance and, and reaching the goals they want in their career. I would love to be that middleman or that media outlet that for people to share stories about their adversity and, and their triumphs for sure. If that job pops up, Mike, I'll, I'll take it today. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you in a few interviews and I don't know if you've done a podcast with the CFL or any of the cities that you've been in, but I mean, you would be fantastic. Just well, I appreciate the that. perspective that you have. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I'd love to do it. I just, I want it to be authentic and I kind of, I want to be done playing so I can say what I want. Right. <laughs> <And not> <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're Posey, 
Always uh, appreciate the time. Great catching up with you. And uh, thank you for being uh, on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me, Mike. Well, plenty of good stuff there from Devere Posey. He's always been one of the most thoughtful athletes that I've ever covered. And this is going back to his days at LaSalle when I covered him in track and field and football. Uh, a lot of great thoughts from him and a lot of good perspective. And wish him the best, him and his family, as he uh, hopefully starts another season there in the CFL north of the border. If you missed my podcast last week about Michael Jordan's visit to Woodward High School in July of 1989, be sure to check that out on WCPO.com. Also have a link on the high school sports Facebook group about uh, my WCPO TV story that aired on Monday night as well. And be sure to check out, I have a story on WCPO.com about two University of Cincinnati men's soccer players who recently announced that they are transferring to NKU. Obviously, you know that the UC men's soccer program was discontinued immediately back in April due to budget concerns. Well, thanks again for listening this week. I'll be sure to talk to you next week right here on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast.